millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live here on a very potentially historic day at the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes. This is officially the big match preview, although I think we'll get around to doing about five seconds of preview in Saturday's game with Plymouth here at the Valley because it's been a huge day uh, in SC7. Carl Robinson has left the club. He's since been announced as the Oxford manager. Lee Bowyer has taken temporary charge along with Johnny Jackson. And also Rick Everett, the voice of the Valley editor, has this afternoon announced that he understands the takeover will be announced next week, hopefully. Uh, I spoke to Rick on the phone and we'll be able to hear that chat in a few moments time we're also going to hear from the caretaker manager Lee Bowyer we're going to discuss all the potential permutations of the takeover uh, of the potential new manager Harry Kuehl coming in which is also being talked about now as well uh, and as I say we will try and look ahead to Plymouth if we have time joining me in the studio this evening it's a packed house I've got, <laughs> scoop, I've got scoop sitting behind me because he wanted to be here but also we've got Nathan Muller how you doing Nathan? Lee, Lee, Lee Bowyer yeah, living the dream. Yeah, excellent. They sound like it. That's good to hear. Uh, Tom Wallin, how are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank yeah, you. you're going to have to come nearer the microphone. Sorry, when you're on. Yeah, yeah, I'm very good. Excellent stuff. And then joining us as well is Mark Newby. How are you doing, Mark? I'm good, mate. There's probably more of us in the studio than I've been chart managers in the last year. So, <laughs> not <laughs> <Only> quite. Just. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's a huge show for us this evening. It's very difficult to decide what to go with first, really. Uh, but I've decided that a takeover probably just about Trump's uh, temporary manager. So we're going to hear from. Uh, the voice of the Valley editor, Rick Everett, straight off the bat. He announced this afternoon on Twitter that he understands that a takeover of the club is effectively done. It's going to be announced on Monday. Uh, Ronan Duchatelet's reign of terror, if you will, is over. So I spoke to Rick on the phone. Let's find out what he knows. Rick Everett, the voice of the Valley editor here on Charlton Live. Joined now on Charlton Live by Rick Everett, the voice of the Valley fanzine editor. Good evening, Rick. How are you doing? Oh, Louis, well, it's been another exciting day, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it certainly has. It's to and fro in as, uh, as it always seems to these days. Now, uh, you've broken the news this afternoon that you believe the end is in sight and the takeover is now just days away. Yes, I mean, there is information coming from sources related to both interested parties that we think have been out there, and they're both indicating that um, the party which we call the Australians appears to have won. Um, and further to that, that there could be a, an announcement um, pretty soon, uh, possibly on Monday. Excellent. Now, of course, we've been here before, so um, I'm, I imagine you were, you were pretty careful with uh, with releasing this information. So, you, like you say, you're hearing it from pretty reliable sources now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, today it's been coming from, um, as I say, both sides and a number of different places, and. Uh, We've also seen some mainstream coverage, which is the sort of thing that you'd expect to see on the brink of, of, a, of a final announcement. We've seen the reports about Harry Kuehl in the national press. Um, I know Rich Corley from the South London Press has tweeted something. So um, it, it would appear that this time we're going to get over the line. But there's, there's been so many twists and turns in this saga. And, uh, you know, people are keen to remind me that I didn't say it was a done deal in early February, you know, that was that was based on pretty good information as well, we had the people also received, um, and then things unwound again, so we've got to be cautious, um, but I do think that we're the saga. So what can you tell us about the Australians that are coming in? I mean, is, is this the Australian consortium that was talked about maybe a year ago? Is this something, something that's perhaps come out of it? Is it the Andrew Muir, the, the name that we've known for a little while? I think we're going to have to wait for, for the official announcement to find out what exactly the shape of this, because we did hear um, a little while back that the Australians were looking to raise some money in the city. That might have changed the conversation. 
Um, I'm hearing the suggestion that Paul Elliott's involved. Well, Paul Elliott's also been associated with other people trying to take over the club in, in the last year or so. Um, so I think the exact, the exact shape of it, I, I wouldn't like to, to speculate as to what's going to come out when the lights come on. Hmm. Um, uh, it does seem that you know, all the sources that I've talked to have uh, heard that the Australians, in inverted commas, have been at the table um, for the whole of the last year. Um, now, I guess that um, that demonstrates a certain tenacity and determination, if that's true. Um, but whether, whether and how far the personnel have changed over the course of the year, I don't know. And I guess is it a case now for Charlton fans to just sort of welcome the new owners with open arms, and you know they'll probably be a bit cautious after what's happened to you know to the club over well over the last four years, over the last seven or eight years, really. But it's a case of seeing how we go with them. Yeah, I think that um, thanks for doing that than Finally, you, you said that you, you think that Harry Kewell's coming in as a manager. I mean, do, do you have any idea on how long that might take or, or anything like that? Um, it's interesting, the Harry Kewell one, because that, that isn't something that we've heard until, um, well, until it appeared in the paper last week. Now, I don't think, I think that that story appeared in the paper as part of a, um, a little bit of an effort to get Cole Robinson out of Cholton. But what I'm hearing today is that, uh, that it is, Based in fact, I don't think Harry Kill was the original choice of this consortium to be the manager. But um, you know, if it is Harry Kill, um, not not really set the world alight at Crawley. But then again, I'm not sure that it's possible to set the, the world alight at Crawley. He's a name. He's obviously got good, good contacts in the game, and I'm sure people will um, will give him every chance. So there we go, there's the voice of the Valley editor, uh, Rick Everett, who announced this afternoon on Twitter that he understands uh, it's a done deal again, And uh, but this time it, it sounds like it really has got over the line. His sources from, from numerous uh, n- numerous parties involved uh, seem to be saying the very same. Rick, uh, Rich Corley has, has heard the same as well and suggested that the, uh, the party that the Australians have pipped to the takeover is a Saudi party who, uh, for whatever reason, are no longer involved. So mm-hmm. now we're getting somewhere. And finally, of course, Harry Kuehl will be coming in to take over the reins at some point. It seems to be the suggestion. Now, obviously, it feels like a very big news day here on, on Charlton Live this evening. No. Yeah, it's um, a lot of uh, information to take in. But um, we don't really do dull days at Charlton, do we? But uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, obviously, I'm not going to get too excited like I did, did before. Um, I wait, but if it's, if it's near and to the finish line, then great. Um, if what Rick says does turn out to be true, which I'm, you know, I'm not saying Rick's a liar. Obviously, of course, I ain't. But I think the key would be if there's Paul Elliott's involved, because I think that bridges the gap between the owners and the club, which I think we never really had um, in the current regime. So, um, but yeah, it's looking bright. Um, in terms of Harry Kuehl, I'm not too sure. I've not, I'm not really. I know he's gone on a bit of a run of form at the moment with Cool, isn't he? Yeah. And obviously he's got Cag scoring, so <laughs> must bode well for Cag. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tom, yeah, the news breaking this afternoon. Are you excited? Has it got your juices flowing? Uh, not as much as my new Russia World Cup sticker book has. <laughs> I think the difficulty I've had is I spent most of the day being so angry at the rest of the news and the state the club was in. But then by the time this came out, I didn't really know how to think. I think as well because. As Nave says, we have been here before. Um, I'm a little bit wary of it. But yeah, I mean, if it does go through as people are suggesting next week, then it, for a, a club that's been a bit of a basket case for the last three or four years, uh, today feels like the most 
roller coaster day we've had since he's been in charge and maybe maybe there's going to be a happy ending to it um mm. it certainly looks that way and if it does i'll obviously be buzzing yeah because obviously we saw last night the announcement on on, on sky effectively that the, the carlson will be leaving the club followed up by the confirmation of it this morning with lee bowyer taking uh caretaker charge with jacko as his assistant um and then so uh, at that point i was still thinking like what a mess we're in here we've lost our manager everything's going wrong we've got someone very inexperienced in the caretaker at that point it felt like there was no end in sight to the takeover stuff but now obviously we've had this this breaking news this afternoon it does sort of fits in with the fact that Carl now has gone now has been able to take that job at Oxford that maybe we are coming towards the end game I mean Mark uh, how, how do you feel do you feel positive negative cautious um, cautious I think is would be the primary thing but I think everything sort of like bookends itself or almost jigsaw puzzles itself um, with Carl going you know, I think it's been put to him that he wasn't going to be wanted by the new owners. And so this gives him an out. He can leave on what was in pencil his terms. He can go to another club. He doesn't have a sacking on his CV. And then it's a free, clean slate for the new owners to come in and either bring in a new manager or stick with the caretaker, probably bring in a new manager. And so it's sort of like, almost like a win-win all round at that level. That's the way mm. I looked at it today. So let's talk about Harry Kuehl then. So mm. he is uh, lined up to be the new manager by the sounds of it. Now he's been at Crawley Town for, I'm going to say, maybe about six or seven months. Um, actually started off on a quite a difficult run at Crawley, but he's got them playing now. He's sort of moved them away from the, from the relegation places. They were sort of in playoff contention uh, for a while, but I don't think that's uh, that's looking likely. But I mean, fairly untested. He's the, you know, I think he was a, he was the Watford under 23s manager as well. I mean, obviously, the problem we've had over the last few years is the likes of Guy Luzon, Bob Peters, you know, big bad Carol Fry coming in, very little experience in English football, managing at a high level. Now, obviously, this is what we're going to get with Harry Kiel. So, I mean, what, what do you think about that? I mean, at least he's a he's a name that has operated within English football for a little bit longer, particularly during his playing career. He's a very well respected. Uh, character because of how well he did as a player. He's a decorated player. I mean, what what, what do you expect from him? He's a bit bit of an un- unknown quantity at the same time, I guess. Yeah, he is. But uh, like you say, um, you know, he's well known. Um, he's obviously trusted by if he does come in by this new regime. If they do come in, um, but obviously, yeah, he's he's quite a new manager. But so was Pauli when he come in. You know, so. I think it all it'll all boil down to and the resources he gets given in the summer, whoever comes in, in the summer that is, um, because there's going to be a lot of people going on contracts and on loans, so he's going to have quite a big rebuilding job on his hands. So I think it'll, I mean, yeah, if, it's, if he gets given a go, I think um, it all depends down to that really and, and what resources he's given. Now uh, the other point that, that Rick mentioned there was Paul Elliott coming in. Uh, as sort of uh, CEO, uh, mm. so I mean, what, what do you make of that? I mean, uh, former player for the club, always seen around the valley very often. I mean, the, the amount of people who've brushed past him to ask uh, why, uh, whether he's part of a takeover, he must have answered that question a million times now. But it's looking like likely that he is. Um, do you see that as a positive, negative? Yeah, I see it as a positive. I've I always think we're we're a club who need those connections between between us and the owners and. Nath touched on that earlier. I think he could be that person. I don't know personally how much experience he's got of a role like that. Um, mm. But then it wasn't like our last CEO had a huge amount yeah. of experience. Well, just to clarify, it's the chairman that, that, that Rick said. Okay, than CEO. yeah. So I think uh, just him being around the club and having more of a role than just you know appearing in the uh, in the sponsored lounges or whatever. You know, actually being involved with the day to day running. I think that's got to help because we we're a club that historically has always had people like that at the club. I mean, Richard Murray is one who. I know fans are a little bit more wary of at the moment, but we've always had those people there, and I think if he can come in and do that, be that that bridge, if you like, between fan and owner, then then that's got to be a good thing. I mean, what, what do you think the first steps for these new owners when when they are announced next week should be, Mark? What, what should be their first thing that they try and achieve in the short term? Because obviously we've got a huge game on Saturday as well, which could possibly decide whether we're still within the playoff race. But what, what can they do? You know, to a quick win, if you will. That's a difficult one because there's there's nothing of a moment. Obviously, can't bring any players in. Um, to come out, announce to what their plans are, really, and be upright and clear, and say, right, this is what we want to be doing in one year, two years, five years' time. Do we want to be looking, you know, let's solidify, let's do it slowly, let's not be silly. We're not going to throw silly money at it, but, you know, we our idea is to go championship, see how we settle in the championship, and then 
push up like that. So a clear statement of intent, you know, so we'd know what kind of thing they'd, they'd want to do. Yeah, I guess because communication has been one of the things that people have talked about over the last few years has been difficult. I mean, it got to the stage where there was nothing you could communicate about what Renan was doing that would have made fans come back because it was so bad. But, I mean, do you think that would be an important part, just to, you know, especially in the early days when, as you say, they, they can change a manager, they can't change too many players at this moment. Yeah, and I think for, for fans, it'll be a strategy. I think if they come out and they go, whoever it is that's in charge, be it Boya Jacko to the end of the season or be it Kuhl already, if they go, we're going to give this manager 10 games, we're going to give him everything that we can do within our powers to get him to push for the playoffs. There's his short-term win there behind us. Then medium term, they can do things like announce their season ticket plans, try and get fans back on side with some initiatives. And then longer term, like Mark says, dig out a strategy, have a one, two, five, maybe even a 10-year plan. I don't know how long owners stick around now, but say that's where we want to be. I don't think it's unrealistic to say we could be back in the Premier League in five years, maybe 10 years. It's definitely doable with the right backing and with the right owners. So why not come up with a strategy that shows how they're going to do that slowly and, and sensibly, on top of that, that we've also got contracts to sort out, so maybe get a couple of those in as well. So there are little things that they can start to be doing ahead of the summer and show that they're planning for next season. Mm. Uh, well, Paul Glover's just tweeted in. Don't forget, if you want to have your say on tonight's Charlton Live on a very busy day here at the club, you can tweet us at Charlton Live. You can email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Paul Glover says, I'd rather they focus on this season and come clean on plans during the summer. I mean, is it not a case that, I mean, realistically you should already be planning for next season now I mean it's slightly more difficult because you don't know what division you're going to be in but I mean we can guess at the moment <laughs> but, um, uh, but you know you, you should be start working on targets now and, and so that sort of planning and whether they communicate or not they definitely should be planning now for next season at least yeah no I agree with Pups I think um, if I'd, even though I love both the bits I think you get a game you know a few games but I think it would be beneficial for Kiel to come in or whoever it is come in earlier um, so just so he can assess the squad and know what he's got, um, because there might be players who run out of contract that he might not want, or he, you know he might want to keep. And I th- I th- he needs to have a, a look at the team in a com- in, in a competitive environment before, because he's all right, all well in turning up on the first of July, but he's not seen really anyone competitively. So I'd rather it be done sorted. So like you say, we can he knows the targets he wants to get, etc., etc. Uh, now, Valley Floyd Fred said, I'd like them to recognise the troubles we have had with Duchatelet and how they aim to take us forward. And that is a huge thing. Obviously, there's thousands of fans who don't come to the ground anymore. There's, you know, I think less than 6,000 people unofficially here on uh, on Saturday for the draw with Fleetwood Town. Now, how, how, what, is the, what, what do they do this week or, say, next week? What do they do on day one to make sure that the next home game there's another 2,000 seats filled? Well, one of the things I, I said when a new owner come in was make tickets... Uh, football for a fiver and try and get a scheme like that going I know we've done one recently but something like that um, you know a statement about how the fans are going to be involved not obviously in the running of the club but are going to have their say um, and they're going to work with fans and then yeah do some initiative like that and say you know this is a a chance to come back and just see and and it's going to be a slow process for some fans who feel they've fingers have been badly burned by the club but for some fans that will just get them back and and see for others it's going to take a bit longer but that again would be a a little quick win but as I say longer term they need to make it clear from the start that they want the fans to be a part of this club Um, and that's something I'd, I'd have to go back and listen but I don't remember Roland ever saying when he took over do you think, Mark, that the, the slate has been wiped clean now? I mean, everything that's dragged us down over the last four years. You know, like I said with Rick, there we've had we had difficult owners before Ronan as well, which people forget. But you know, what's happened over the last few years has uh, led fans to protesting, led you know players to you know, maybe play with a little bit of extra pressure because they know they know that the fans are not happy with the situation at the club I mean is it is it now that Slate is completely wiped clean and we can start again no I, I don't think so because I think you always have to remember the history behind your club and you can't just erase the past four years I think if a new owner's turned up at least twice a season to watch a game they'd be ahead of a curve you know because obviously if they're traveling from Australia it's a bit <laughs> it's a bit much, but saying that you know the guys come over from Thailand to watch the Leicester games, you know there are, and it's not impossible to get here in comfort, you know, <laughs> it's from, from Australia. So, but it's difficult because for for the players, you know, everyone always says you know you've got to almost treat them like sort of like children sometimes, and um, I think they just should get you know they get on with it as such, 
because you know they've got contracts. And I think the difficult thing is with any new manager coming in, there's going to be teams, you know, circus sharking, sharking round and looking at people like Consa, looking at people like Rebo. That will be the, the hardest thing for a new manager coming in, keeping hold of some of the gems we've got for next season. Hmm. Uh, Bob Liskam says, I'm sure I read today that Kuehl has stated he knows nothing of being manager at Charlton. He says people are using the Aussie connection. Now, don't forget, of course, that Carl Robinson said he knew nothing of the, of the link to Oxford. And sure <laughs> enough, when he arrived there today, he, he jumped at the chance and he couldn't wait. And he'd, uh, uh, he'd, he'd obviously quite clearly been, uh, been, been trying to sort that out for, for a little while. And that's why it made him leaving... Uh, now uh, the the right decision uh, for everyone really Mark Griffith says we want a team to be proud of a team that the fans can get behind on the pitch we lose uh, if we lose we lose but if the players have fought for the cause then fans will accept it to a degree Sebo says it's certainly been a fascinating 16 months I always thought that Carl was the right manager but it proved just at the wrong time with what's been happening elsewhere I think uh, with better would have been a success good luck for the future to Carl and Brandon says things surely can't get better uh, but it's uh, sure, but it's worth maybe preparing for yet another less than perfect ownership. Maybe keep Card on standby just in case. I think he, I think he means surely uh, must get better, but just in case. I mean, I mean that is the thing. Now, obviously, all this fan power that's been put into the the protests and whatnot over the last few years. I mean, that can now be sort of turned around into something really positive to bring people back as well. You know, all these all these organisations have got together and got all these media strategies. I mean, they could be a really good a cause for, a cause for good now as well to try and get fans back. Yeah, I think um, you'd hope that the new owners would um, <clears throat> have obviously taken an interest in seeing what's what's been going on in a lot of detail because they can see where where it's fell down in terms of communication. Um, and obviously Tom, Tom touched on it just now in terms of incentives. I think that's the main priority because we've still not heard... Because it's around about now, isn't it, season ticket prices? they still not come out. So for them to try and get as many bums on seats for next year, um, I think they need to obviously do it in the short term as well, which I think there will be you know, a fair amount of people will come back as season ticket holder once he goes. But I think that we just need to get a load more people in and just try and make it the club that we all sort of knew and we was all you know we was all in it together so but yeah hopefully they've learned the lessons and they can um they can obviously drive us forward rob snow says if the takeover happens and in time for the game on easter monday what crowd do you think we would get 10 15 20k will we sell it out i mean i mean what, what do you think the immediate reaction will be because i remember a few weeks ago when we were talking about it i i, I did say sort of a case of just be prepared for it not to be as great as you think it will be mm. because we've built it up so much over the last four years that we think when it's happened, there's going to be unicorns wandering around the valley and there's pots of gold everywhere. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be after the initial euphoria. We're still going to be a League One team struggling to get into the playoffs, not on a great run of form. We have to remember that at the same time. But, I mean, in terms of fans coming back, do you think all of a sudden we're going to get 10,000 extra through the door? Not that many, no. I mean, there's there's a lot of people who have said they weren't going to come back whilst until Ronan had gone. I mean, you got to think, but it's not going to take much for us to look like a bigger crowd. Mm. So you know, maybe five hundred, a thousand extra. That's an extra voice. You know, you know, and if people are sat in the right areas and can make a bit of noise, it'll it'll be a momentum thing. And then, as I say, a good season ticket price, a concentrated summer of saying, you know what. It's a, it's a, it's a new it's a new dawn for Charlton, so you know what can we do to get you back? I, I'm not going to lie that firstly with Bowyer and Jacko coming in, but also if new owners come in, as a football fan you're a dreamer, and I'm already thinking right that's it we're going to stroll to the playoffs and we're going to win all of our next ten games we're going to get to Wembley and it's going to be amazing, uh, and there'll be fans across across the ground feeling like that, but the reality probably isn't going to be the case. We're probably still not going to make playoffs, but. You know, football fans aren't realists, so for now we're going to keep dreaming. But yeah, that's why I think we've all been saying that the new owner's strategy should be a longer term one because realistically there isn't a huge amount they can do for the rest of this season other than start planning for next year. Mm. But I mean, how, how big a lift is it for the club for Roland to go? I mean, just think, just think about it. Say this time Monday, if if Rick's correct with the date there, this time Monday, Roland de Chatelet will just be a shadow. I mean, he's, mm. His shadow hasn't been there for years, to be fair. But his <laughs> his, uh, his grasp on the club will, will have gone, and all of that, all of that just goes. All all of a sudden, it's just mm. gone. Katrine's gone. Mm. He's gone. All the crappy players we've had over the last few years are gone. All the, the you know the the, the protests inside the ground, which whilst necessary. 
you know, it, it's, it got to a stage where I remember a year ago or so, we were all saying, oh, I wish we didn't have to do this. Mm. You know, now if this happens, if this goes through, you don't have to do it anymore. I mean, how, mm. how good will that it, feel when it's, so, when it's on the official site? Yeah, so that's all, when it's on the official site, I think the first thing that springs to mind would be um, a massive weight off the shoulders, and I think it would remove this sort of grey cloud that se- seems to have hung yeah. around the club for too long. I don't know how many. Was it four years, is it? Four years. Jesus. So, yeah, I think that would be it. And it would just seem to just give me another... Even though I know our form ain't great at the moment, that would give me another, I'd say, like 10, 15, 20% more enthusiasm than I would have if it didn't happen. And that's just by someone taking ownership. And everything that's gone... Th- Got, that's happened and everything that's every, every single person have done in terms of process and everything mm. everyone's contributed and, and I think that's what we need to make sure we all remember mm. Right Charlton Soul sent this DM to us earlier on this afternoon before Rick announced uh, his takeover news but he said given the disintegration of all revenue frameworks of the club surely uh, for their own financial interest prospective new owners want to come in and immediately get his basic a function up and running or I expecting rational thinking from a bunch of idiots uh, wish Robbo all the best and regret deeply that he never got to see the real Charlton so it, 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 it does make sense now for the owners we're getting to that stage where there's not that much time left this season in terms of you spending money wasting money that you can't you know that you're not going to use on a promotion team because there's not really time to do it now there is time now to start laying the groundwork, start laying the foundations for next season. That's why I think, you know, ideally this would have happened in January, just before January would have we would have gone for it this year now. It hasn't happened. Still got half a chance, but, you know, it's hanging by a thread. We'll see what happens Saturday. But in terms of laying the groundwork for next year, I mean, this may be pretty much the perfect time to start doing it. Yeah, and there are things like getting a CEO in, getting a financial director in, like we say, setting the season ticket prices, all of that stuff building for next year tying down the contracts of those younger players to make sure that we don't lose them in the summer. Even maybe speaking to some of the loanees. I mean, you would imagine they're probably going to move on to better things. Speak to the people who are out on loan, like Carlin, who's doing so well out at Crawley. Start making those connections because as soon as the season finishes, that's when their work starts. As soon as they can actually start spending their money, um, that's when they're going to need to do it. So, yeah, their focus, as I say, they they can go to the, the manager or managers or whoever is, is running the club, uh, the team, sorry, and say, look, give it your best. Just do what you can. Try and get them to the playoffs. Mm. If that doesn't happen at the moment, as you say, is likely, then they go, right, now our work starts and it's next year that we start focusing on. Excellent, right. You're listening to a very special Charlton Live Big Match preview here on Maritime Radio. We're going to have a quick break and we will be back in 30 seconds. Great work from Tariq Fosu. Now it's forced to Kasky over here on this near side to take the corner. Swings it in. It's gone deep. Bowers at the far post. Gets ahead of there. Oh, it's oh, in! Patrick Bauer heads the ball down. Come on! Beyond Ian Lawler and into the back of the net for Charlton's opener. Oh, I can't believe that went in Terry Smith. The ball came in from Force Kasky at the back post. Bowers able to beat his man. It just heads it down on the ground almost. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I see you, so I see you all left on the 29th of December. 
obviously our financial director's gone now. Um, but we've sold the club. It'll be done in two weeks. Was seven, eight weeks ago now. That was the beginning of January, was it? We we thought we'd have somebody in by the mid-January to try and push us forward to give us some funds to to make this team successful. I'm studying in mid-March, answering the same questions, and being told there's no no one here. Someone said to me, "What well, went to re-put the two corners? And do you not work on corners? Is he stupid? Of course we do. <laughs> we work on them every day. Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's obviously something that we all need to listen. I, I've heard today it could be a lot longer than what that actually is. So we've just got to get on with it. Um, and listen, whether whether you play four two three one today or four four two, it was the same. So you can shove the systems. That's a load of rubbish. Could we play two systems today and got the same outcome? You've got players in there whose contracts are up in the summer, not knowing what's going on, who's going to be in charge. You've got players who've only got a year left that you can't afford to lose. Th- these are things that answers that I can't give my players or their agents coming into the last six weeks of the season. Listen, people want to want to say what they've got to say. That's not a problem to me. That's not a problem because there'd be a lot worse things that could happen in the future, and I know that for a fact. So it doesn't really bother me. I'd say to him, if you don't think you can achieve it, please tell me now. If you don't believe, just go home and don't bother. But you can have you can have the next what is it? You can have the next six weeks off. No problem. We'll pay you. I'll pay you. Well, I won't pay you, but we'll pay you. We'll pay you if you don't think you can achieve it. I'm going to sit at home for the next seven weeks and then I'm going to sit home for the whole summer, see in pre-season. It's as simple as that. If you don't think you can achieve something, don't be bothered being around me and being negative. Don't be bothered me being out of players and being negative. And that's as cold as you've got to be, unfortunately, this time of year. I'd love to build something properly, but I don't know how can you build something when you don't know what, what, what corner you're turning and when you turn that corner, what's going to be facing you? Great things and, and good things are built on stability first and foremost and foundations. And um, we, we try to do that. We, we've cut back things, we've done this, we've done that. And we've created quite a good mentality around the place. But once you build that, you need something to, to take you on to that next level now. I think everybody's just waiting. Uh, but how long can you keep waiting? Because people's careers are going down the pan. It's as simple as that. Seven days is a long time in football. one has bitten the dust there Carl Robinson uh, as expected his uh, departure from the Valley was confirmed this morning and his arrival at uh, Oxford United was confirmed this afternoon so he didn't hang around there um, we were listening back so all, the, all of those quotes all of those little clips we played there from the last two weeks every single one of them uh, Terry said it on Saturday's show that we noticed quite a large um, change in his Demeanor, and I think we can now. I think it's fair to reveal that we um, we now in the press pack knew that he'd handed in a resignation before the Blackpool game. We knew that, um, and then obviously it's came out. Uh, we, it's now come out on the record uh, during was it yesterday or the day before that, that Richard Corley confirmed that um, a second resignation had gone in. So interesting to note that. I mean, we could tell, because we knew anyway, that over the last couple of weeks, he wanted out, and it was reflecting in the performances as well, and it seemed to be reflecting in the post-match comments, where in some cases, he got pretty wound up about stuff, didn't he? Yeah, I think, when Tom just said off-air, you know, you could, when you listen to it back, it just it smacks you in the face, doesn't it, really? It's so obvious that... Um, things were obviously going down the pan, and what Terry said, it all seems to fit together now, and... Um, you know, he's obviously heeded his own advice by, you know, going home if he doesn't think he can't achieve anything, which, you know, which is fine. Um, but, yeah, no, it's obvious now, and the last two weeks, it, it's so obvious, isn't it? But it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, but 
hopefully, obviously, we go on now and there's a little spring in the step, so to speak. But yeah, look at listening back, it's unbelievable. Yeah, really. Um, I mean, looking back at his tenure, he was here for you know over a, over a year, the the longest of any of Roland Duchatelet's <laughs> managers by by quite a stretch. Really, I mean, I mean, as you as you look at his time here, did he achieve? I mean, if you think mm. about where he was, where we were when he came in, where we are when he's left, or has he underachieved? Because you think of the size of the club we are in League One, and we, and you know, should we we should be firmly in the playoffs, or we should be firmly in the top two because we're a big club? I think, in my opinion, he he's partially achieved. Um, he made a lot of progress with the club uh, and I said it the last couple of weeks when we've all been pretty down and rightly so because it feels like our playoff hopes are slipping away but when you look at the cold hard facts um, where he's come from from where we were this time last season uh, the players that he has brought in um, I know there was room to bring in more but I think the players he has brought in on the whole have been positive signings um, we have to remember that for the first three or four months of the season there was a massive air of positivity around him and his playing staff I mean the Roland Cloud um, was still hanging over us but I, I think he's done a lot of good here um, I think he's let himself down by his tactical uh, or his rigid tactics um, I think he's also maybe just been a bit too honest which as fans I think we, we appreciate him coming out and, and being honest but I think sometimes that's maybe gone a bit too far and I think he's been let down, uh, as has every manager, uh, by the owner. Because I think if he'd have been able to get a couple more players in in August, another couple in January, I think we'd be sitting here probably a lot higher up in the league. Um, uh, you know, he goes on the whole with my best wishes. Um, I wish he'd been a little bit more flexible. Um, but it is what it is, and, and we move on now. What, what do you think about the way his departures come about, then, Mark? Because obviously, I, mean, I think I think it's quite obvious that he knew he wasn't going to be part of any new owner's plans I understand you know there's quite a few people suggesting that he'd been told effectively that much um, and the way it came about now with the the, the two resignations um, the, the fact that that somehow slipped out into the into the South London press as well um, and then obviously he has another job lined up at Oxford straight away I mean what would you think about the way he's left the club um, to be quite honest is I had a very similar situation I, I left a job you know I saw the writing on the wall and I thought to myself, I would rather leave with my reputation than, you know, two, three months down the road. Did you have anyone Be- leaking stories into the press? <laughs> <laughs> no leakage on my side. Um, so I can understand from his point of view why he's, why it's, why he's done that. I, I really can. And he has, some, he has a lot of sympathy. Because I think it's a, he knew at the start of the season we, we were, were striker shorts. You know, and he's he's been almost sort of like trying to do it with one hand behind his back. I agree with um, Tom. He has hasn't been as flexible, you know, with a lot of his tactics as we would have hoped. But I think he's done as as best for us as he could have possibly done. And I think he did genuinely care for the club. I mean, when we all went to the um, quiz night, he was there, you know, with Jacko and Bo, and he could have quite easily listened to Milton Keynes. He could have quite easily not been there that night, you know. But he came and he was part of it. You know, and he didn't have to, and I think it he did he did care about it, but he got to a stage where he just thought the situation was going to be, you know, new owners coming in, he was going to be licked out, so he's done the best for him. Which in football is what you do. It's why footballers move on sometimes to other clubs because they look at what's best for them. So, um, uh, we said, I mean, if, if he was here under a different owner, I mean, because I mean, people talk about his tactics, and he 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 sort of threw it back on on Saturday and said it's not tactics, it's personnel. Um, I mean, do you think he could have achieved more? And do you think, therefore, that you know, because so, quite a few people are quite glad to see him go. I'm not, mm-hmm. We're not going to sugarcoat it. Quite a few fans are. Um, do, do you think, in, you know, under a different owner, he would have done better or worse, or because of his tactical situation, he wouldn't have done any better? Um, yeah, I think in terms in terms of personnel, we've already said you know strikers and whatnot. But let's not forget, he still still put quite uh, a decent squad together and you know I don't think we've got the cheapest wage bill in the league so no, not at all no. so I think he's had his yeah he's had his fair share of signings yeah probably a couple more he probably would have done better with another owner who knows but um, he's like Tom Tom and Mark said you know his tactical inflexibility let him down and I just think at home we didn't really take it to teams we didn't really know how to beat teams when sitting behind the ball. Saturday maybe was different because we didn't have any attacking fullbacks. But even earlier in the season, we never really. How many teams have we blown away this year, really, apart from Northampton? You know, I, we've. I think we, as a team, not being arrogant, but I think we should be beating teams a lot more better at home than we have been. So 
I don't know. Another owner, I don't think it would... Depends how much money we're talking, doesn't it, really? I think we, would, we did say that any other owner during that bad run we had in November, December, mm. would have probably fired him mm. anyway. Yeah. So it's difficult to say under another owner would he have been more successful because I think another owner would have looked at that run of games and gone, you know what, you, you've gone six, seven games, lose, lose, draw, lose, draw. You know, we need to change it now because when we can get someone else in for the you know, January window. So he was probably lucky in a way that we didn't have an, an owner who cared to, who could have fired him in sort of like December <laughs> uh, Jacob Styles says I liked Carl's attitude throughout his time here but I've played and have watched football for a long enough time to see that his style of play along with his stubbornness was never going to work once teams clocked what we were doing it was never going to change Kevin says uh, it's certainly not been an easy job but recently the football has been slow sideways backwards and boring to watch London Inner says Oxford fans don't seem to have been taken in uh, by him as much as we were they uh, seem very upset with his Appointment. I've looked at. I mean, I've looked at the Twitter. Some of them are excited. Some of them uh, are, are not as excited. Uh, Will Bullen said he's uh, got two Australian swaps already in his Panini World Cup sticker album. Good man. Uh, it's definitely a sign. Uh, and Lorraine Keish uh, says uh, partially <laughs> disagree with that. I do think he cared about the club to an extent. I think he cared about his own image more uh, a couple of emails in about Carl as well Freddie Wells says hi guys mixed feelings about Carl's departure sad to see him go as for a while he seemed uh, to he had steadied the ship and given us a good platform to succeed under new ownership however like the takeover this season has stalled under him uh, in the end it's a shame but that right decision is for all parties for me personally I don't know why but I've now come over all optimistic again new management Browns could propel us back into the playoffs wishing Bose and Jacko the best of luck even if we don't get promoted it could be uh, an incredible achievement for them to get us into the playoffs. Predicting we'll go 4-4-2 on Saturday with a Jose and Zyra up front and smash Plymouth 3-0 and a Jose hat-trick. Come on, you Rez. That's from Freddie. Uh, and then we've got one from Connor as well. Says, I wish Carl all the best and it's a shame he has decided to go. He gave us something to believe in and brought in some uh, really good football. He ignored Roland and got on with it. Extreme, uh, an extremely hard job. I have every respect for a manager that does this. He covered over the cracks to the best of his ability. It looks like he will go to Oxford and I wish him all the best. Turns out I'm watching Portsmouth versus Oxford with my girlfriend's dad this weekend so I'll be on hashtag Carl Watch. Uh, that game's on TV by the way if anyone wants to see how Carl gets on on Sunday. Uh, it says looking forward to screaming out Boyers and Jacko's Red Army for the rest of the season now as we've hinted there or as uh, the emailers have hinted uh, the, the, the two guys taking over in the interim or uh, we don't use that word anymore uh, in the uh, <laughs> in caretaker basis uh, Lee Bowyer is the caretaker manager uh, and he is joined by of course uh, Addicts legend, legend uh, Johnny Jackson now uh, Lee Bowyer spoke to Valley Pass earlier on this afternoon uh, and we've got that here for you a clip of it here for you on uh, on Charlton Live this evening you can hear the full interview on Valley Pass this is the new caretaker manager Lee Bowyer does it give you the opportunity to, to make changes as far as formation and maybe implement some of your own ideas that you maybe May have not been able to do beforehand. Obviously, I'm I'm coming in here and this it's new to me. I see the game differently to a lot of people. I think football's a game about opinions, and um, and I'm going to come in and if I'm going to be in charge, which I am, then I'm going to do it my way. Um, so if I fail, it'll be from my own undoing. But um, but no, I'm I'm, I'm positive and and I'm I'm looking forward to Saturday. I was going to say obviously talk about the fans there what is I guess that is your key message to the fans is it just just get behind us and yeah get behind us get behind us and be patient with the lads Um, I know recently it's been difficult but the lads are going to be trying they're going to be giving 100% I I guarantee them that Um, and and yeah just just hang in there and and, and get behind us and then uh, we'll be fine Finally, a word for Carl Robinson. Obviously, departed this morning. Uh, brought you in here. Um, back. Brought you back to Charlton, essentially. Yeah. No. I wish him all the best. Um, good luck. I think. Uh, I'm guessing he'll explain the reasons why. What, what the reasons why he's gone. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm. I'm grateful to him for for bringing me back here. And uh, yeah, I, I think he's left the team in a good place, just outside the playoffs. It's a lot better than when he came, so uh, yeah, I wish him all the best, and uh, hopefully I can finish off what he started. 
So there's caretaker manager Lee Boyer speaking to Valley Pass. Looks like you can hear that full interview on the Valley Pass uh, website. Knife. Uh, yeah. I mean, you love Lee Boyer. <laughs> I've never seen a man loving the love Lee Boyer as much as you do. I think I think it's bigger than Overstad Tom Wallin. You know, yeah. I, think, I think it is. Ooh. I Ooh. think. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to sign no fights, lads. But he's a legend. He's an absolute yeah. legend. So. Um, 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 I mean, and now I mean. In terms of experience, I mean, he, he rocked up about a year ago and done some voluntary coaching work, and all of a sudden, a year later, he's the caretaker manager. Now, what what on earth do we expect from someone who we know, in terms of a coach mm. and in terms of a manager, so little about? Well, you know, we just, we just said off air, you know, he worked with Kill uh, at the under-23, so he's only sort of dipped his toes in, really, in coaching, but um, I think it's obviously a stopgap. I don't think he's obviously going to be anywhere near the the full-time job but um i think it's it's going to be fresh ideas i mean he wears his art on his sleeve both doesn't he so do i i don't know if he likes a 442 so i don't know what's happening but it's passion no, that's, yeah that's, that's, that's the what thing. he brings he's, mm. he's going to be patrolling that you know his, his area up and down shouting screaming getting it across hit button Possibly, you know, <laughs> probably probably get a sent. He'll probably get sent to a stand on Saturday because yeah, some something will upset him. Yeah. Yeah. And you're thinking that's what he'll bring, and that's what I think he'll get through to the players. Yeah. Um, and I think it will be a positive outcome on Saturday. I mean, obviously, he's done a lot of his learning through Carl Robinson. Uh, that's the coach he's worked with, and therefore he's he's learned one system. But I mean, he, he does said he's gonna he's gonna put his mark on the squad. I mean, we know on Saturday we're not gonna have big Josh McGuinness, so we haven't really got anyone who can play up top on their own. I mean, Zyro tried it at Blackpool and it didn't really come off for him I mean so it'd be, inter- it'd be fascinating to see if he I mean if he goes 4-2-3-1 there's going to be riots yeah well I think like <laughs> obviously he's a system manager so he can input to Carl but at the end of the day it's Carl's decision so there's nothing to say that Boyer agreed with that formation there's nothing to say that Boyer's not sitting there on the touchline going you need to change it up you need to change it up if Carl didn't want to Carl wasn't going to and I think we see over the last few weeks the stubbornness that Carl had so I don't know Bowie's preferred formation either, but like Nafe says, and like probably most of the fans in the stadium say, we need something different. That four-two-three-one is doesn't always have to be the wrong formation. I mean, we saw it work well at the start of the season. We just at the last few games we clearly needed something different, and if Bowie is adept enough to see that and change things up, then credit to him. Now, how long do you reckon he'll be in charge? Now, obviously, we hear that supposedly the takeover is going to. You know, hopefully go through next week by the sounds of it uh, although Simon O'Hara did tweet in saying uh, you're all talking as if the deal is done it's nothing nothing's done till it's done which mm. is true but mm-hmm. obviously the signs are pointing in the right direction now coupled with Carl Robinson leaving as well um, if if he's here for longer than if Harry Kuehl isn't available to come in straight away I mean do, do you think you can, can you see him go to the end of the season I mean do you think he can if he is can he guide us to those playoffs I don't know Harry Kuehl could turn around and say that he wants to be loyal to Crawley and finish the season that he started he could say that um, I don't think he'll be here permanently come the first game of next season um, I, don't, I don't think that at all but um, listen we saw I think the majority of us Think that the, I think the playoffs are a bit too far for us this year, especially with the games that we've got coming up. All of them at home, people around us. We've got to win seven out of ten. That's a big ask, considering how many we've won in our last well, can't, well ten. Don't think we've won many, have we? So, yeah, I think it's, it's a stopgap, isn't it? Mm. It's, a, it's a stopgap, but I think I think everyone will get behind Bows on Saturday, and well, I hope they do anyway because I won't be happy. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to Saturday now. I really am. Uh, what about um, Jacko as well? Of course, is going to be the assistant caretaker, assistant to the caretaker, uh, if you will. Um, <laughs> it's getting confused. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, I mean, Charlton legend. We know now he's going to. Re- we've had it confirmed he's retiring from from playing at the end of the season uh, with his new role. I wonder if we see him play much at all, really. And we haven't seen him too much this season, very very rarely. Um, what, what just a word for him, really? I mean, again, there's two very inexperienced coaches going together, but imagine if they pull it off. Yeah, and as I said earlier, that's what I'm dreaming of. To be honest, that's what I think we all want to see. I think he will obviously get some game time in the last home game of the season. I'm sure he'll get his chance to have a run out then. But yeah, aside from that, look, we because Carl's been in charge. As I say, as the manager, he's going to have the final say. So we don't know necessarily whether Jacko's any good or not I would suspect based on the the professional that he is and the man that he is that he will be good at that job because he dedicates everything to it and yeah he deserves every chance now to prove that he's worthy as an assistant manager with the potential of maybe doing that when the new man comes in so again likely Boya uh, he's just someone it's so good to just see him in the dugout and uh, and like Paul Elliott if he comes in just some a Charlton person around the club it's just 
just good to see. And Chris Greenway says, uh, an initiative to bring back disenfranchised fans is key. Happy fans help a club thrive. Uh, now, Sarah did tweet in earlier saying, if Harry uh, Kewell is coming in, does that mean he can bring CAG back with him? It, it, he won't be able to bring him this season because uh, we're out, you, you can't recall loans outside of the transfer window. So uh, he won't be able to do that this season. But, I mean, Cag scored again last night for Crawley. They lost a, a home to Wickham 3-2, I think. He got one. That was his 11th goal of the season. Uh, I think we, we should, three or four would have come for us. But, I mean, the, the only, no other Charlton player scored more than eight club goals this, this season. Uh, McGuinness <laughs> has got 11 if you include his Northern Ireland goals. But it's just, bizarre, it's just amazing to think how many goals, how well he's doing now this season. Hopefully... Uh, next season when he comes back to us he can continue that form right there is a huge game here at the Valley on Saturday I mean we've been disenfranchised a lot of us have written ourselves off a week ago but it's all gone crazy and some of us are thinking oh maybe maybe Jacko and Bo will be lifting lifting that playoff trophy at Wembley Stadium in May <laughs> and uh, so we do need to look ahead to Saturday's game we're playing Plymouth Argyle Plymouth Argyle are the form team it's a crazy situation the season they've had of course at the start of the year they only won once in between uh, the start of the season and the end of October that was against us uh, since then they've won 12 out of 17 games now hopefully I'm going to have time to play all of this but I'm going to start certainly start playing it I spoke to Chris Errington from the Plymouth Herald to find out we know all about Charlton we don't know nothing about Plymouth he told me what Plymouth are all about joining us now on Charlton Live is Chris Errington from the Plymouth Herald uh, good evening Chris how are you doing? Yeah, very good, thanks, Louis. Yeah, all, all well with you? Yeah, very good, thanks. Uh, dreading the game on Saturday a little bit, but uh, obviously the uh, the Pilgrims have had a bit of a remarkable season, really, having come up from from League Two last last year. You know, only won one uh, game until late October against us, obviously. But then in the last <laughs> yeah, in the last seventeen, you've won twelve out of your last seventeen, including seven out of the last eight, and they're in the playoffs now. It's been a uh, quite an incredible season so far. Yeah, it's been amazing. They came up with, you know, expectations of being competitive in League One and um, they, as you said, they beat Charlton 2-0 at Home Park on the uh, the second Saturday of the season. I think there was a couple of sort of uh, key moments in their match where, where things could have gone the other way, but it, in the end, um, two goals from Jake Jervis gave Argyle the victory that day and I think, you know, beating a, a club of the, the stature of Charlton at that time, I think people thought, oh yeah, it's going to be a, a good season for Argyle, but... Uh, it was uh, anything but that afterwards. Um, uh, you know, they, they didn't get another win until uh, late October. And, uh, you know, there was one point in the season where they had as many red cards, five, as they had league points. And, uh, you know, that's never a good position to be in. They, they had injuries. Um, they had, you know, players being sent off, I, I think, five red cards in eight games. Um, you know, they were really struggling and, uh, it, you know, even at an early stage, you were thinking, well, how are they going to uh, be able to keep their heads above water? But uh, they have had a remarkable turnaround and, uh, I mean, the statistics are amazing. Um, you know, you can you can pick out all sorts of ones. I mean, 40 points in the last 17 games is, is just, you know, un- unbelievable. And, you know, I've covered Argyle for a long time, but, you know, this has got to be one of the best runs they've had, you know, in, in their recent history. Yeah, what do you think the the turnaround can be attributed to? Because as you said, they were struggling so much at the start of the season, and all of a sudden something's clicked for them. Um, I think the injuries and red cards were were an issue, uh, particularly injuries to goalkeepers. They um, they went through. Uh, they've used seven goalkeepers this season, and they were up to about seven by October, November time. Every time they got a goalkeeper in, he got injured. Um, all three of their senior professional goalkeepers are out for a while, and you know I, I think any team that's struggling to to field a regular goalkeeper is going to have issues at the back. Um, they did have some key injuries to players, particularly um, striker Ryan Taylor, who's very important to the way they play. They, they like to use him as a central striker and have people playing off him. And when he was injured, they didn't really have anybody else in the squad to fill that role. So they missed him. Um, so I think injuries and, and the red cards clearing up um, has been a big factor. Confidence is always important in football as well. You know, they, they got a couple of results and that gave the players a bit, bit of belief. And I think they have got a good manager in Derek Adams. Um, you know, he, he had um, a lot of success with um, Ross County up in Scotland. He came down to Argyle and his first season, he got them to the playoff final in League Two where they lost 
to ASC Wimbledon at Wembley. Last season, they were runners-up on goal difference uh, to Portsmouth in League 2 and got themselves promoted. And, uh, and now he's got them sitting in, in sixth place in League 1 with what I suspect is not one of the bigger budgets in League 1. So I think, you know, a combination of injuries clearing up, making sure they keep 11 players on the pitch and having a good manager is a, is a pretty good uh, summary of uh, our last turnaround. I mean, and was Derek Adams ever sort of under any pressure at the start of this season when, when they were going through that bad run? Was there any danger he was going to lose his job because of that? Um, I don't think there's any danger of him losing his job. I mean, you know, we live in a, a social media age now, don't we? And, uh, you know, when they were on a run of eight defeats in nine games, there were fans saying, well, we've got to make a change, even though Derek Adams, up until the start of this season, had had a, you know, a pretty much unblemished record and taken Argyle to, to promotion. Um, you know, talking to people at the club uh, at the time and, and you know, now, um, no, there wasn't uh, any uh, in- indication of him being uh, being sacked during that time. Uh, he, he's done a fantastic job at Argyle, and he's, uh, I think, more than just a first-team manager, he's, he's involved in pretty much everything that goes on at that football club, and, uh, you know, um, he's not just concerned with the first team, and I think, you know, if you are going to make a decision to replace somebody like him, you're, you're not just taking away the manager, you're taking away an awful lot more, and uh, the, the Argyle board, uh, you know, uh, have shown in the past that they're patient with managers, they're, they don't uh, have knee-jerk reactions, and it is fascinating, because clubs go through managers like, you know, I go through pairs of socks, and um, it, it's a good example that you don't have to keep changing your manager, and if you do show a bit of faith, if you, if you think you've got the right man, stick with him when things get uh, a little bit tricky, and um, they've reached the rewards now because uh, you know for them to be sitting in the, in the League One table now is, is real testament to, to the work he's done as, as well as the players. And what sort of playing style can Charlton expect to see on, on Saturday? Because I mean, last week Charlton were set the task of trying to break down a really difficult Fleetwood Town team and, and, and weren't able to do it. But I guess with Plymouth with slightly higher expectations now, would they, do you reckon they'll come out and be more attacking? record. Uh, they've not lost away from home since uh, a 1-0 defeat at, at Portsmouth on November the 25th, which left them bottom of the table. Um, generally speaking, Derek Adams is like to play on the counter-attack. Um, but with the with the increasing confidence and with the uh, the ability of uh, two players in particular, Graham Carey and Ruben Ramirez, they, they are quite good at going forward. I, I still think their natural inclination is to try and let teams come on to them a little bit and then try and catch them on the break. Um, but uh, I would say in, in recent away games, they have been uh, you know quite adventurous. I mean, they went to, to Shrewsbury Town last month who have been really good all season and surprised everyone. And they went there and won 2-1 and were, I think, only the second team to win there this season and uh, and all the people at Shrewsbury were saying wow you know what a good team you are you know you're the best team we've seen at uh, at the new meadow this season so um, on a good day I think they're you know they're quite capable of playing attacking football away from home um, but you know it's going to be a tight game you'd think wouldn't it you know six versus ninth in the table both teams desperate for the points to, to keep up the, the playoff push getting them to the playoffs um, I can't see them going too gung-ho but they, they've definitely got the players and the confidence within the squad to, uh, you know, to, to, to try and take the game to Charlton at the right times. And- so there we go, that was Chris Errington from the Plymouth Herald. Uh, great to speak to him to get a little feeling of what uh, Plymouth are going to be like on Saturday. I haven't, well, I haven't lost away from home since November. Uh, I'm sure they're ready to come and spoil our little party, aren't they? But it's a huge game. Uh, they're five points ahead of us within the playoff places. Um, and uh, so Charlton need, need the three points to get, have any chance of getting back into it. And now, obviously, with the with, you know, with Corrinson gone now, it's just a little bit of fresh impetus, you know, and, and we'll see what happens. Right, Lawrence Salter just on. Carl Robinson says, I liked Carl Robinson. I liked his passion and his want to succeed. I got annoyed at his lack of plan B, uh, plan B and I think it showed in the uh, late part of his tenure. I will always respect that he has stabilised us during a period where stability seemed impossible. I wish him all the best, but with leaving, I feel it smacks of someone leaving a sinking ship. Full stop. He could have stayed and proved his worth to the new owners if there is any. Uh, I will not say a bad word against him and I wish him all the best. He was the right man at the wrong time so now we're looking ahead to Saturday I mean uh, what what changes now in the immediately what does Lee Bayer what's his stamp a bit more passion fire in the bellies that's the first one Um, I I can't personally I can't see massive changes A because I don't think well defence I don't think there's much we can do 
in terms of fullbacks. But um, haven't had enough time, have they? Exactly, and I, I can't. I, I mean, so I think someone said Zairo and the Jose, may, maybe, but I can't see anything um, anything changing too radically. Hopefully, I just, if he don't like Tom said four two three one isn't exactly the end of the world. I just think we need people more. More, like I said on Monday, up near Josh and try and put someone going beyond Josh instead of he's back to go always being the case, and then we're trying to feed going sideways and crossing the ball into one person. I just think, I think maybe that's what he just needs to do is just get someone a bit nearer to him. But I can't see anything radical now. Hmm. Well, let's have some uh, predictions then. No. Well, I'm, last time a legend on his debut was against Plymouth Pally two nil. So I'm going two nil Charlton. Yeah, Tom. I was going to go for that. All right, now you have to go uh, somewhere else now. Five. Three nil, <laughs> three nil, John. Mark. Well, I just, I, I just <laughs> yeah, I'd see. How, how far can I go? Well, I think Jacko's going to start. I think, yeah. Jack, I honestly do. I think see, see him. See, well, he might go in a left back, or we, we'll go three five two, and Jacko will go defensive mid, and he'll push Jake further forward. I think we're going to win two one. Two one. Scoop, what's your prediction? Because quickly, just tell me. One nil. One nil to Charlton. Oh, yeah, Scoop, yeah, Scoop knows he's been here longer than any of us. Right, just rem- a reminder on Saturday, uh, you can get PSA tested. Uh, obviously, the club uh, have had a very close link with Prostate Cancer UK, the charity, uh, this season. And we're doing a bike ride uh, uh, to Amsterdam coming up in the summer. Uh, on Saturday, you can get PSA tested, which is uh, partly can test for prostate cancer. Uh, you can do that for a £5 donation in the Crossbars Fans Bar uh, between, t- I think, 12, 12, 15 and 2.45. Uh, so if you'd like to do that, that'd be really good. And also, some members of Team Addicts will be around uh, the ground uh, fundraising for the bike ride. So if you see uh, anyone with a bucket standing outside the ground, uh, chuck a couple of quid in. It all goes towards Prostate Cancer UK, which is a very good charity. Uh, one in eight men get prostate cancer in their lifetime. One in four black men get prostate cancer in their lifetime. So it's a very important charity for you to get involved in. Right, we've run out of time on tonight's Cholton Live. Um it's been a very interesting day. It's been a very uh, topsy-turvy roller coaster ride of a day. Uh, really grateful to Rick Everett from the Voice of the Valley for coming on earlier and giving us that takeover news. Uh, thank you to the guys at the club as well for giving us a snippet of uh, Lee Bowyer's Valley Pass interview. Uh, all the best to Carl Robinson uh, in his future role, except, of course, when he plays us. Um, all the best, definitely, to Lee Bowyer and to Johnny Jackson as they take control of the team this <coughs> Saturday. Guys, thanks for coming in, all of you. Cheers, boys. Everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for Scoop for sitting in with us as well. Hope you've enjoyed tonight's show. Could just be the start of a new era. Charles and Charles and